0: Kia ora and welcome to Auckland Council Heritage Unit's series of podcasts about Auckland's hidden histories. We'll be sharing some stories about Auckland places, people, and animals that you might not have heard about before. These stories have come out of the historical research that we do in our daily work. I am Rebecca Freeman, Senior Specialist, Historic Heritage at Auckland Council. And I'm Marguerite Hill, Heritage Researcher. In this episode, we're going to talk about Simone Nathan, a visionary leader in women and children's welfare. So Rebecca, who was Simone Nathan? Simone Ullman was half Portuguese, half French-Parisian, who was born in 1888. She was part of an old and influential family that could trace its roots back to the renowned medieval philosopher and statesman Isaac Abarbanel. So how did Simone end up in New Zealand? Simone met New Zealander David Lawrence Nathan while he was travelling in Europe, and they married and returned to New Zealand in 1909. What was her life like in Auckland? She probably experienced a bit of culture shock after arriving in Auckland from Paris, but she was quickly wel- welcomed into the Nathan family. The Nathans were a well-established, respected, and a highly influential family of merchants who were well-connected to other business leaders, politicians, and royalty. The Nathans, David's parents, were also among the first Jewish settlers to arrive in New Zealand. Simone and David mixed well in various social circles and welcomed a wide range of visitors to their home on Karangahapi Road, which was located about where St Kevin's Arcade now stands. Around 1910, they purchased a large block of land in Manurewa for their summer home, which was called The Hill. Unfortunately, The Hill and Simone's collection of priceless antiques were destroyed by a fire and a new home, and notably a water tower, both in a Tudor Revival style, were constructed on the same site in 1925. Like many women of her social status, Simone became involved in civic and community affairs, supporting and advocating for various causes. Her home in Manurewa became the focus of many meetings and events that supported her work. So do we know what Simone was like, and what inspired and influenced her? Simone loved learning and she studied culture extensively. In particular, Simone studied Judaism and Jewish history with Rabbi Solomon Katz. Through this study, she developed her views on Zionism, which became a significant part of her life and a driver of many of her projects. So can you tell us what Zionism is? Zionism is an ideological and sometimes political movement among Jewish people that espouses establishment of a Jewish state in the territory traditionally defined as the historic land of Israel, which generally comprises Palestine, Canaan, and the Holy Land. It should be noted, however, that there are other interpretations of Zionism that focus more on establishing and promoting a common culture among the Jewish diaspora, rather than establishing a specific state or a physical homeland. So what were Simone's views on Zionism? Like many of her contemporaries, Simone's views on Zionism were largely based in humanitarianism and maternalism. Also like her contemporaries, Simone was not at all concerned by any perceived or actual ideological inconsistencies in her views. Indeed, she embraced aspects of both political and cultural Zionism, and in her lifetime she both actively contributed to the establishment of a Jewish homeland, and worked to promote education and welfare among Jewish people worldwide. So how did Simone get involved in the Zionist movement? Through her various studies and after attending a series of lectures given by British Zionist Israel Cohen, Simone was inspired to take action and she established the New Zealand branch of the Women's International Zionist Organization and became its first president. Women's International Zionist Organization, what does that mean? Also known as the WISO, it was initially founded in the United Kingdom in 1918 and was later expanded worldwide in 1920. The organization was established following a visit of its founders to Palestine, where they witnessed the effects of famine and disease on Jewish women and children firsthand. The situation, they felt, could only be confronted by an organized international effort. The areas the WISO focused on were education, home economics, legislation, health, and social services. The WISO still exists and continues to focus on social welfare in all sectors of Israeli society, including the advancement of the status of women and Jewish education, both in Israel and among the diaspora. Did Zionism inspire and influence Simone's causes and projects? It definitely did. One of the best examples of Zionism inspiring her work is her involvement with Plunkett. Simone and David had five children and Simone struggled quite a bit with the first three. As a young immigrant mother, she had little support and also lacked both education and experience in infant welfare methods. For example, she apparently tried to feed one of her babies cream from a cow in a neighboring paddock because she'd misunderstood instructions from her doctor. But when her fourth child was born, Simone became involved in the Plunkett movement and was so transformed by the experience that she became a passionate supporter of Plunkett and a great admirer of its founder, Dr. Frederick Truby King. Simone joined the Plunkett Committee and served for 26 years, including as president. Her experiences and involvement with Plunkett gave Simone the idea to send a Plunkett nurse to Palestine, where infant mortality was extremely high, and where a significant increase in immigration was expected as a result of the Zionist movement. Simone contacted the Wiseau in London to discuss her plans, which was a bit of a bombshell. The reason they were surprised is because no other branch of WISO outside the UK had contributed or offered to contribute to the building up of Palestine. That the first offer should come from a small nation with a tiny Jewish population on the other side of the planet came as a bit of a shock, but a very welcome shock. So how did Simone extend Plunkett into Palestine? With the blessing of the British WISO, Simone and the New Zealand WISO began raising funds a natural and tireless leader and motivator, Simone excelled at getting and keeping people interested in her ideas and projects. Simone had a unique drive and ability to use her status and connections to their fullest advantage to support her work. Her initial goal was to raise enough funds to send one plunket nurse to Palestine. However, the WISO's efforts were so successful that they raised enough to fund two plunkett nurses and an infant welfare center for three years. The first New Zealand WISO-funded infant welfare centre opened in 1922 in Jaffa and was available to anyone living in Palestine, not just Jewish mothers and babies. The centre was so successful that the infant mortality rate dropped from between 30 and 50% to almost none. Wow, Uh, what happened next? Not content to rest on her laurels, Simone embarked on a tour of Europe, successfully advocating extending Plunkett-style infant welfare centres, not only to other cities in Palestine, but also to other countries, including France, Portugal, and Spain. By 1937, there were three New Zealand WISO-funded infant welfare centers in Palestine, and they had cared for over 5,000 babies. The centers also began employing local nurses who were given Plunkett training. Simone and David frequently visited Palestine to monitor the centers and their progress, and Simone also worked with Hadassah, the US equivalent of WISO, to coordinate efforts with the medical units they had previously established. I don't know how she found the time, but she was involved in other organisations as well. She was a lifelong activist for the advancement of the welfare of women and children, and that's reflected in much of her work. In addition to serving on the Plunkett Committee, she was also on the committee for the Campbell Free Kindergarten and was president of the Manurewa Girl Guides. She was a member of the National Council of Women and was also involved in the Dominion Committee. Simone was president and convener of the Union of Jewish Women and the Federation of Jewish Women, which were effectively coordinating bodies for existing single-purpose Jewish women's organizations. Through her involvement in these groups, she advocated for training Jewish youth, working among the elderly, preparing food parcels and clothing for refugees, supporting mothers with young children and husbands overseas, and welcoming new immigrants to New Zealand. Why do you think she was so effective as a leader? Simone was a leader and a visionary in many respects. Better than most, she was able to harness her skills as a motivator, fundraiser, organizer, and activist, and she was able to use her resources and her influence to realize her ideas. She was able to get and keep people interested in her projects and inspire others to join her cause. For example, at the same time New Zealand WISO was established, branches were also appearing in Australia. However, they were not nearly as active, In fact, the Australian wiser was unable to coordinate a contribution to Palestine until Simone went over to lead, support, and inspire their work. And she also had an interest in women's rights? That's right. Simone is also interesting because she had an early interest in social reforms, including women's rights. As a movement, Zionism was egalitarian and democratic. It recognized and equally provided for the contributions of both men and women, As such, women were not barred from holding any position in the movement, and indeed it was the work that women pursued through Zionist organizations, such as WISO, that helped them develop a consciousness of their own agency, power, and influence. Progressive attitudes and views toward women's rights became a feature of WISO, including advocating for women police and recognizing the rights of women during divorce. As such, many Zionist women also held progressive views outside the movement, For example, many had been suffragettes. Hmm. So what do you think Simone's legacy is? Overall, Simone is considered an outstanding figure worldwide for Jewish women's activities for Palestine. The infant welfare centres are considered a significant contribution to and a major achievement in the Zionist movement in New Zealand. She was named an honorary WISO Life member, which is a rare honour that has only been bestowed to 27 people. Wow, where can we find out more about her? You can learn more about Simone through the New Zealand WISO, which is still active, and you can also visit her home and gardens in Manurewa, which is a council-owned community arts facility called the Nathan Homestead. I would like to acknowledge Dr. Cherie Trotter, who generously shared her doctoral thesis, Zionism at the Uttermost Ends of the Earth, a New Zealand Social History, circa 1900 to 1948, which was an invaluable source of information when preparing this podcast. Thank you for listening to our podcast on the life and work of Simone Nathan. If you enjoyed this, you can check out our other episodes about the hidden histories of Auckland, including Tom the Elephant and some stories about Queen Street.